Blog Talk Radio. Black History Month, wherever honna be, honna know this year the we show where we the key upliftment to the living legacy and pay ancestral homage. Yes, this year the Gullah Rhythm Radio. So glad that honna chillin' to join we one more again from around the world for Yeti me. This year the Queen Quet, honna know who I be, the chiefest and head upon the body of the Gullah Nation. So glad that honna tuning in to we station. This year we. We go crack we teeth for something. We'll close my heart thing like that, Eddie. That's funny people are yeti, but we not yeti about this show. And how we even who I but who we be. Even all the rest of the people. We're not trying to act like we be cracky. We're not trying to act like them been the one. Have to tell me who we be. They act like they be the one. Who we know who go on make we. So, the scene for the going on. We can do what we always do right here. Especially for this young month. So I got high on the chill around the world. Join me as we take this amount of silence. For we have a ancestor, the Igbo Mandinka. Oh, and children, what we did it, cross the sea. Come here, plant the seed of Mother Africa, where we be. Right here, this your day, where the Gullaghi nation must stay. Let me take a moment. And silence. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. 
We want to say thank you, thank you to the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition for continuing to sponsor this show. We show Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio. This show, the Queen Quet Head from the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So glad if I crack my teeth. One more black his story, we story, our story month. This your time I have. We get together, right, y'all? But let all the rest of the people know who we be and things like that, eh? The rest of us will celebrate one more again. We story, ancestral legacy. So this evening, this your topic ain't nothing new. For all the hundred children who've been there, uh, with me most a decade, punish your thing and thing like that, eh? Y'all ain't getting me crack my teeth. Plenty of time for now. Both resistance and rebellion. So this evening, we could crack with people this year in the Gullah Geechee Legacy. But you know, for all the rest of us people, what they were on the wall and things like that, I want to make sure Hona Chilla overset everything I'm going to crack with people this evening. Because they know I'm going to dive in and talk, talk. But we got some idea out there, crack it on y'all, that want to still carry back on the true implantation and things like that. Because they don't want people to know the self-determination and who we be truly as Gullah Geechee. So I'm going to crack with people the rest of the because I want everybody for understand me. So for all my listeners around the world, I want to thank you once again for being a part of Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio for almost a decade now. So for all of you who've been there from the beginning, as we started off on Blog Talk Radio, and now this season we're doing simulcasts on Clubhouse. So make sure to follow Queen Quet there on the Clubhouse. Gullah Geechee Nation is on Clubhouse. We want to share with you something that's not a new topic for all of you who've been journeying, who've been tuning in, who have long since been downloading this show via what was once iTunes and now is Apple Music. You all have been here for the journey. So now wherever you are in the world, if you're tuning in tonight, know that in the United States and in the Gullah Geechee Nation, Black History Month is celebrated during February. In Europe, it's not until October in England. So a lot of times I get the opportunity to just go and commiserate, one might say, with others who have a passion for black history like I do. At least twice a year (laughs) they do anyway, if not every day like me. And so... February, I get to celebrate here, and most times I'm traveling from place to place, state to state, and then I'm flown out of the country. And I love it when I have the opportunity to be flown out of the country in October and to hear the stories of African people elsewhere until I started going to England to sit in and to go attend Black History Month events. And to be honest with you, point blank and seriously, I thought it was a disgrace because to my chagrin, I would walk into rooms where the speakers were Anglo people and the audience were the people of African descent. And I'm telling you the truth, I thought I'd to the wrong place. Because in America, where Black History Month got started, when Dr. Carter G. Woodson started Negro History Week that expanded to Negro History Month, that now we celebrate as Black History Month, and some also celebrate as African Heritage Month here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, Hunter Chilling Kick celebrate all of that every day. I never once 
had gone to a Black History Month event and didn't just see black people. Those who welcomed me through the door, gave me the program, and we used to print out programs. Those who were the vendors, those who were on stage, the speakers, the drummers, the dancers, and the audience, all were melanated, black, pride-filled individuals. And I have been to some extraordinary history activities over the years some with very intimate settings where those who are poets like myself sat around in nice circles and things like that and shared, especially with elders like my good friends, the last poets and others. And then I've been to places where the auditorium was packed to capacity. I've hosted events like that in New York City where we couldn't start the event on time because the line was literally wrapped around the block. And if you've ever been to New York and have a line wrapped around a block, that's an amazing feat in and of itself, caring like that. But when it came down to our story, they were in the building. So here I am journeying to various places and spaces, expecting to come into the building and hear our story delivered by us. And over time, I've seen all the more where others have exploited what for them is a new arena or oops where they think they're entitled to speak because it's his story. Well, herein enters myself and people like Dr. Amir Jamal Ture, native Gullah Geechis who are historians or our historians or Jele and Jele Musa, griots. We know the legacy of our community. Griot does not equal Americanized storytellers or African-American storytellers. In fact, in Gullah, storing is lying. The Griot, the Jele, the Jele Musa, they are the embodiment of the village story. They can share things over the generations. The elders have passed into them the story of the ancestors. We embody it. We live it. As we know who we be and things like that. So we tell the children, come here. Yeah, it is here. Then come over here. See, I need that oak tree. Thing like that. We don't be at anything. So we did it. I never bush out. I never brush out. I never brush out. I crack with teeth. But this year. See, we're back here. This year, man. We come here. From Kibulan. Then over here. Try to do some who we be. Oh, but children, yet it is here. Cause it will always be. If we fight for we be free. Gonna jack. So honor children are yet in there. I know honor yet it is your one. Democracy. So before we even get into the person who for me is a central figure that still has yet to get his just due, but who I've written about in encyclopedias and also in my book, The Legacy of Ebo Landing, that was published in 1998. Before we get into Gullah Jack, who is the right-hand man or lieutenant to Denmark Vesey, who planned what was to be the greatest uprising of enslaved people in North America in 1822, that there was a major one also down in New Orleans 
where plenty Geechees ended up being migrated to on foot. There are plenty Geechee folk, as they call them, down in the Gulf that actually came from our coast. The Gullah Geechee Nation that starts in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and extends to Jacksonville, Florida, where it birthed people like David Walker, who wrote David Walker's Appeal. Before we even delve in to these men, these Gullah Geechee ancestors that are sacred, let us go back prior to them. Let us go to Big Daddy Mama them with did and catch on thing like that. Because he wrote the story. The women's names were often left out. That were those who were resisting from within Mazadam House. I found the records from the news articles, from the journals of the enslavers that they found where the women were the ones who were resisting easily in the house because they cooked the food. Many times, the entire household of the big house was poisoned. One meal, one well. Unfortunately, now when people poison the well, They've poisoned it in a way that degrades the entire black race around the world. They're convinced that because they call it his story, he gets to tell it how he wants, and usually that he is an Anglo male, and he tells it from his perspective that he is the victor over all the world, all the people of the world. But if you do your own research and you even look into the annals of his archives, you can uncover the things that cause panic, the things that happen, that set laws in place many are still suffering from even today. Many of the laws that currently exist are part of a system that tried to control or stop resistance and rebellion of any Africans, especially them who behold upon Huida. So if you knew you were African, you took pride in that, they wanted to beat it out of you. The same island on which I was installed on July 2, 2000, Sullivan's Island, the place where over 40% of all Africans were enslaved in North America, is here in the Gullah Geechee Nation. This is the place and the space where the Africanism, as the anthropologists call it, was to be beaten out, extracted, seasoned out of you. In the past houses, where they choked you, they choked you, they tried to kill you. And they tried to silence your voice. They would starve you. They would beat you. They would chain you down for days. They wouldn't put you immediately on the auction block if you had the strength 
to still stand. I want you to stand up straight. Look the enslaver in the eye after having traveled for days, weeks, months in chains, chained to someone else, choking, (coughs) suffering, (coughs) in the midst of the belly of the beast, having your soul almost extracted from the vessel, the temple that you call the body. How dare you still be able to stand and look them in the eye? How dare you still crack on the teeth and think like that for months and think like that ain't untrue. You put the oxygen block, Salona down the river and think like that. Tear for you, yeah, it's your life, you're on a throne over you. What a mama daddy dear, you're on a, what am I now, young again? Dare you. Still remember, still have your African mind enough to know that where you are now transplanted to is no longer your village, is no longer your kingdom, is no longer your queendom. That you remember what made it so was that you were free to be. Free to be. So here it is that the Gullah Geechee have a legacy of resisting being transformed and assimilated into what the Bakram said. So the very act of resistance and rebellion started way before the Denmark Vesey uprising, started way before Gullah Jack was kidnapped from Angola and brought over, started way before even the Stono Rebellion, which we officially designate as the beginning of what we deemed in 1998 with the publishing of the book that I edited that was published by Clarity Press called The Legacy of Ebo Land. When I look back now during Black History Month and read back through the pages of the very anthology that I got to edit because I was blessed and asked by Clarity Press, would I serve as the editor for this book? Hindsight is twenty twenty, and the resistance begins before you even crack the book open. The legacy of Evo Landing. We determined to name it that because many people had never heard the stories of our ancestors, the Ebos, that had been sold in Savannah, yeah, in the coastal empire, taken down Lazaretto Creek to be enslaved on St. Simon's Island, yeah, the Golden Isles. The Golden Isles got more rich, more golden because of the black gold, the African people that were forcibly settled there to work. But the Igbo did not remain. And their story, their strength is so threatening that some of the people do speak of the woman who was in the front that made a sound 
that they all heard. And the entire collective group turned in unison upon her sound and that they walked back to Africa. Those who stood on the shoreline saw this, that they refused to walk into what wasn't their homeland. They refused to walk into a situation where the they weren't going to walk into bondage. Instead, in one unified swoop, they walked, and as they walked, saw their spirits rise, and hence said they flew back to the motherland. Story of power, resistance, unity has been altered so many don't think of them as having women in the group. They think it was all just men. Then they tell the story as a children's story that people could fly. Then they tell it so it's a legend. And then they want to push and promote it was a mass suicide instead of the simple fact that it was a mass reality of resistance, that when he tells it, he rewrites it the same way he either rewrites it or, as one would call it, revises it in a term of revisionist story, or he reverses it by erasure, which is much the case when we talk about the Stono Rebellion, Cato was renamed Jemmy, was he on these sea islands on John's Island. Yes, he could read. He was literate. Oh, that's right. Many don't believe that because the act of literacy amongst African people is an act of resistance at this moment, especially amongst the Gullah Geechee, because Africans created the system of writing. Africans created the numerical system. We won't even get into Kush today. We won't get into talking about Kemet today. I don't have enough time to go all the way back tonight. So we ain't going to go that far back into our story and our legacy, but we will push on from this point to say this when he revises the story and he tells it, they tell you that our ancestors, Gullah Geechee ancestors were an illiterate bunch. No, they were not. Illiteracy became the law of the land for people of African descent in 1740 when the slave codes that started off right here where I'd be in South Kakalaki started up as a result as a reaction to the Stono Rebellion. No three or more Africans without an overseer present after that. No Africans were to own land after that. No Africans were to play the drum after that. And no Africans were to read or write. So many people now, today, will never in the black community gain the knowledge even beyond the cover of the legacy of Evo Landing because somehow they now are assimilated. They are assimilated in the manner that is appropriate 
for him to continue to tell the story as the victor because you don't know your ancestor's legacy and story if it's in the published work as a book. And there used to be a very cruel joke that has now been spoken so much it's become a reality that if you want to hide it from black people, you put it in a book. I never found it amusing. I've been reading since I was three years old, and I ain't going to tell you how old I am now. But I will tell you that as of this moment, I have 15 published books, and I have two more that will be coming out this year because the story somehow, the pages about my ancestors got left out. And then pages that they do put us in, we're still enslaved. We're still in bondage. Somehow someone came and taught us something, not that we taught the world everything, because Africans were the first ones in the world. My ancestors be who we be. This your part of we legacy. And then went on the chilling cracker tea for the indigenous, you see. Then on the top of the Gullah Geechee. Gullah Geechee culture is not indigenous to the motherland. It's indigenous to the Sea Islands. It's indigenous to the Gullah Geechee Nation. And it is the amalgamation of various African traditions, as well as indigenous American, Yemisee, Kusabo, Adisto, Creole, our story that blended together by intermarriage and also the interaction of resistance and rebellion. Because the very group that is now referred to as Seminole, Black Seminole, Afro-Seminole, they be we throughout the African diaspora. They be the Maroon family. We resisted were fought back. It was part of the Gullah War that's written about in the legacy of Igbo Landing that I see now some people bastardizing, selling shirts and masks and all kinds of things simply to capitalize on it without really knowing the background and the legacy of the full journey of the story of the Gullah Wars and all those that were part of the early Gullah War and its resistance and how we continue, how that war hasn't ended, because the Gullah Geechee Nation is still standing on its human right to self-determination, an act of resistance, the first group of people of African descent in North America to ever stand in unity and declare themselves as a nation because they have homeland. They own the land. Oh, wait a minute. Didn't I just say? There was a code, there was a law that said no Africans were to own land. That's an act of resistance to continue to own land as a black person in North America. Wait a minute. No three or more to were together without an overseer present. Oh, but you're in the bush, you're in the bush, you're see the where they did. When they've been a guy for flying out that thing, the stone of rebellion, they like that, and I drum in a beat. Oh, oops, no Africans were to play the drums. So when I mentioned to you Black History Month and the drums coming out and the dances going on, that's an act of resistance. When Hunter Yeti, we did it in the prayers hall and in the church, and Yeti this year, that's an act of resistance, that of rebellion. Right, Jonah, because this year, they got we drum when they broke up there, on the rest of one, when they say Hunter not play the jimbe. So to own a drum on your own land where you have actual books and you write down your family story 
your legacy is left for the next generation in the Gullah Geechee Nation. All of that is part of the continued resistance and rebellion against somebody else owning, exploiting, and commodifying our culture, community. I was appalled to find out that others have taken not only the term Gullah War, started selling it like it's some commodity for T-shirts and some trinket, and using the Star Wars type of lettering. It's offensive. I was stunned when I saw people were not of African descent saying they should have ownership of what Dr. O. God bless the dead, Ashe, Ashe, who loved to stand and say, we be Gullah Geechee anointed people, had founded an organization called Gullah Society. And why was I offended that it wasn't native Gullah Geechees in the Gullah Society is because we're going to go to this man whose name I called that I hope you still recall. This man is a giant spiritually, for we, Gullah Jack. Everyone talks about Denmark Vesey. There's a statue, finally, to his honor in Charleston. They tried to put a painting up in the original Gilliard Auditorium, and they were told by the white supremacists that wasn't about to happen, and they never hung it there. So when the statue came, they wanted to put it in the center, in the heart of town, where the tourists would see it. <laughs> they said, oh, no, you won't. But it's in our community for as long as that lasts, for those who hold on still to their family houses, and their legacy back to Green Hunter, I know what I mean. So here it is. They resisted even the imagery of Denmark Vesey being hung somewhere, and more so than that. There's no imagery of Gullah Jack. And again, he's written about in a shroud of mystery as a sorcerer. Sorcerers are not our thing. <laughs> that is a European connotation. Once again, like storyteller instead of Jele, Jele Musa, Griot. They minimize the African people who resist. They turn you into legend and children's story. Because then the Africans watching would never think they could do the same. Hence why the erasure, you don't learn about the Stone of Rebellion in schools. You have what amounted to a war led by people of African descent with only a few quote-unquote Indians, as they call them, the Native Americans involved, that was called for years the Seminole War, Seminole being from the word, Spanish word, Cimarron, many while are exiled, but truly it means the unconquered. These are our ancestors. They wrote one place in one account. This is more of a Negro war. There are more Negroes in it than there are Indians. So hence why we wanted to ensure that the next generation would be assured of who they be. So we put together the legacy 
of Igbo landing, Gullah roots of African-American culture, so that people would know the roots of all Africans in North America starts on these sea islands, and it starts by our ancestors resisting being assimilated into chocolate cover bokra. They would know who they are. In their melanated skin, they had their pride, they had their consciousness, and they did things collectively. So from Cato to Gullah Jack, they gathered together the people, especially the men. And interestingly enough, both of those men, Cato and Gullah Jack, were from the same region of the world amongst our Angolan ancestors who were the first ones that bore the name Gullah in North America. But they were written that way when there were posters being put up of who was for sale. But guess what? They eventually got banned from being sold because they were the leaders. They were in the leadership each and every time. And so... When I think of Gullah society, I think of the loyal following that Gullah Jack had, that had Bakongo people in it, our ancestors that came from the same place and the same space, the same land as Gullah Jack. Gullah Jack himself told Denmark Vesey, who won his freedom in the lottery. And I know some of y'all saying, I'm still trying to do that. Hit the lottery so I can be free. I yet you. Gullah Jack informed Denmark Vesey that he should not have any mulattoes as part of their gatherings as they met in the beginnings of what is now Mother Emanuel, the same place where God blessed the dead, nine Gullah Geechee people were assassinated. Don't let nobody fool you that it was a random act. I was in the city of Charleston, the so-called holy city. That day, I passed by Mother Emanuel. I looked at the building. I said, oh, I got to go by to see my brother Pinckney, Pastor Pinckney. Elected official Pinckney, Senator Pinckney, former Representative Pinckney, my brother, as I hadn't seen him in a while, and I need to talk to him and see how these laws are going. And I remember passing by and feeling this ominous, weighted feeling that I had never felt passing by there before, and I couldn't stop and pull over then. I had to go on because I had to go to this international event that was happening, and I had to go to that first. So I said, well, okay, tomorrow I will go. And the next day, the Spirit awoke me and said, when you finish speaking, leave the city. And I obeyed that voice of God to only get home and later that evening turn on a TV in disbelief because I had just left there. I just was going to go and enter the church. I had the Spirit not told me, no, go straight home. And I drove from the city to the island. 
without stopping. Normally I stop, I get things, I eat, I do all. No, go home. Not knowing I wouldn't have the chance to meet with him, to sit and convene the way that Denmark Vesey and Gullah Jack had done to communicate with him about what else we need to do to work together to protect our land, continue the stand that we had taken together. He was one person I knew was on my side in Colombia that was not afraid so no one can convince me that the church was randomly chosen and nine Gullagichis assassinated. I'm not believing it was a murder, it was an assassination, it was a targeted attack, because here you have the youngest person to serve in a general assembly that's a native Gullagichi, that is a pastor like Denmark Vesey, that has a rich voice that people hear, and when you have a voice that can be heard like drums, when they beat across the rivers, through the marsh, that when your people hear it, it resonates in their souls, that when they get it, it's shut. They know, say, it's time for we get up again. It's a time for on a chillin'. Rock from the chia and a ding like that. It's a time for on a chillin'. Rap if you drum and ding. Oh, on a chillin'. Shoot! I want to know what I be. I want to be free. When they know your voice resonates like the ripples on the ocean, they do all they can to silence it. So what did they do? They tried to catch Kate and the 20-plus Angolan men that had mounted up an army of others that marched with them as they heard them crying out, Lambati! 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 Marching down the King's Highway from Charleston all the way down Friday, anything like that. They were dry. They broke up. They can't. Some back of the Friday. Negro Fort. They crossed every yard. They Santa Teresa de Mose. Them anyone, I had yams and things like that, and they had arm and land down yonder. Right on away, they shall be. They crack a teeth call us St. Augustine. That was still ministry. They tried to kill them, and the ones they caught, they beheaded in front of people. When they caught up and they took them to court, it was a rigged jury anyway, but when they took them to court, Gullah Jack and Denmark Vesey, why did they even end up there? Because Denmark Vesey didn't listen to sound counsel allow Prelo to be part of the group who was a mulatto. And he went back and he told Nazareth, about the plan. Both of those major uprisings that people document were not the only ones here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, as I said earlier. There are many others that were smaller or that they started to do and say, don't publish it the same way they did with the Civil Rights Movement. The state paper of South Carolina is still in existence, but it ain't owned by we. It's not people of African descent that own the paper. So 
when we fast forward to the civil rights movement in the 1960s, the owner of the paper made sure the editor of the paper knew to tell the writers of the paper and the photographers that worked for them not to cover the movement that was taking place on the Sea Islands, St. Helena Island, Johns Island, Wamalo Island. Do not cover it because the rabble-rousers will come here like they're doing down in Mississippi and Alabama. We don't want them outside Yankees coming here stirring up we Negroes. Why do you think that was? All of that was to make sure there was no written record because in his story, the only record that matters is the written record, not the oral. That oral tradition embodied by the Jele Musa, that oral tradition embodied by the Griot, that oral tradition embodied by the Jele, that is our African tradition, that is our Gullah Geechee heritage, that is still a mechanism of resistance because it causes you to use your synapses in the brain. Your brain fires off. You open up new channels. You remember things. You don't use devices to remind you to even get up out your bed, to think, to remember your appointments. No, our elders who are 80, 90, 100 years old are our genealogy books. They are our libraries. You can sit at their feet. You can sit there and yeti from them. If you're humble enough, dear Lana on the who gonna be? Who gonna people be there? And whether they were fighters or not, they know the stories. And they are the ones who made sure to articulate to us as we wrote the anthology and all the other books I've written since, whether the things that the buckled and betook them upon the people been a true or even a storytelling. And I've heard and read a lot of revisionist works that make it seem as if Gullah Geechee's were simply happy singing Negroes working in cotton and rice and indigo without telling the true story, that those were not fun places. Ain't nobody was just happy. Ain't nobody was just singing, and ain't nobody was running around just committing suicide in mass either. Let's tell the truth. They fought back. They fought back in the bush arbor. They fought back in the brush arbor. They fought back in the praise house. They fought back in the church in the past. All the way until they started dragging people's bodies out into the street like they first did Denmark, Vesey, Gullah Jack, and their congregation. They beat them in the street, and they thought that was going to stop them from gathering, and they continued to do it anyway, and they had amassed hundreds of our people who were ready to fight and if necessary, die. Their drum was never broken. It still beat in their hearts. And that is the drum that I heard beating on July 2nd, 2000, when thousands of Gullah Geechis showed up at Sullivan's Island, this time not in chains, but of our own volition, to stand on our human right to self-determination, to do a ceremony of confirmation that they would elect me to be the head upon the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation, to be the official spokesperson for who we be round the world and thing like that. Like the petition be say, who speak for we and thing like that. 
so here it is that we have an ongoing legacy that we put down in the annals of time. And his story, because it was published on the cover of newspapers throughout the region, from Jacksonville, North Carolina, to Jacksonville, Florida. It was published in national magazines such as Vibe Magazine with Jackson, with the Jackson on the cover and me on the inside with a title saying Strong Islanders Above. It was embossed in international publications. It was on international television, BBC, published and on radio and on television. There were news cameras there, news vans, there were photographers there, there were those from the international community at the United Nations who had observed this one-year-long election, and the government of the United States had to take pause, and they only paused until they realized this was real, this wasn't ceremonial, this was not a festival. These people now have dual citizenship. They have a nation of their own and the United States as a nation. They have declared themselves through official, inter, official international human rights law to be a nation, and they've done it on what is federal property now for the U.S. government, Sullivan's Island. They've stood here. They've beat the drums. They've poured the libation. They shouted in right here at the same place where the strategist of the Seminoles body is buried and not even his brain. Osceola, because he was so strategic, they are still trying to figure out how did he lead this war that we've written as the Seminole War that really is the Gullah War. How did he do it and fight back for over 40 years? Well, tonight I'm here to let you know we've been fighting back for over 400 years. The 40 that we've written of in the legacy of Evo Landing is the Gullah Wars is only a small portion of the story. I said we started you in 1739. We didn't say we ended you anywhere. So when we say, Assalamu alaikum, as Gullah Geechis, we pay tribute to Omar bin Said, who was one of the earliest who wrote down a manuscript that could still be read Back in 1831, it's still there. He was born, though, in 1770. So when we're talking about 1740 being the time of the slave codes and stopping African people from writing, this is resistance for someone to come along and go ahead and write because they never took it off the books. They didn't take it off the books that African people shouldn't have books. They didn't take that law away. So I'm honored to say I resist every day by writing more books and publishing more books of our story and our legacy to tell people these what one might call untold stories of Gullah Jack and Denmark Vesey and Omar Ibn Said and the various other native Gullah Geechis who fought back, who overcame, who stood up, who, like we call it, Dr. Buzzer say, honna think free, honna be free, but you have to think first and then you have to see. 
Because if all you're doing is listening to his story, I don't quite never know who can I be. Because in his story, there is no resistance. There's no rebellion. You own a plantation. The plantation is fine. You were somehow saved from your wretchedness in Africa is how he tells it when the European male tells it. And that's why I go back to saying to you why I was offended to know that people are out here pimping and polluting societies that were of African people, events that were to be African people discovering their own story and telling it to one another that this was something, when we talked about getting places for Africana studies, getting black studies into universities, it was so that black people would take pride in researching our story and telling it in its totality, not telling it from someone else's lens that is from their perspective of who we are, when these are the same individuals who in the Constitution of their nation, the United States, we were not humans. We were three-fifths of human beings. How can someone then write your whole story if they don't even do a whole person? I've always known I was a whole person. Thank God. Thank God for this show. I've always resisted being called African-American. I'm an African in America that is Gullah Geechee. And I'm proud of who I be. Gladdy for this show. A black ghoul. And this should have been legacy, rebellion, and resistance, you see. For my indigenous ancestors will be there, the Kosavo them, all the way through. The Nisha, what you call, the Gullah Geechee too. I'm glad for them. We're going to fight back. I guess that why the who I know. All the way through. My Ebola land, and we will want people to know. It still did it. And that the story be true. In an Olili Chilambuk. So I tell you, today, I still, I still speak. I do the videos for all of you. I do this radio show for all of you because this is a form of resistance too. I cannot sit idly by while I've watched people try to erase me. They've written that there's no Gullah Geechee Nation, even though it's recorded in all the places I've mentioned to you and more. They've tried to say there was no elected leader of the Gullah Geechee people. Why are they right here? And the same individuals who've tried this and been commissioned to do so smile in my face. Because the job is to control the narrative. So whether that narrative is written, that narrative is spoken, that narrative is now the commercialization and bastardization of the legacy of a people by ensuring the erasure of the stories of resistance and rebellion and instead promoting TikTok videos and YouTube videos and Facebook lives that clown and comic and caricature the culture instead of seeking out the truth that everybody wasn't happy and everybody ain't happy now and that there were those who fought back against being enslaved because we still have the presence of mind, the collective consciousness that we come from a people who had their own land, their own queendoms, their own kingdoms, that we are the people that people speak of that knew and know how to fight back 
how to hold on that we realize the reason the 1740 slave code went after literacy was so that Hunter would know when they put up the placards that said, look, you Hunter, children, you come down, young Hunter can be free. So that is why, again, if I write blogs today, I don't see a lot of shares on social media, but I could do a joke, and that will go viral. If I go ahead and I'm angry, that will go viral. Well, let's make literacy go viral. I would pray that I see that day, that we honor our ancestors who developed the system of writing, that developed this numerical system. I'm a mathematician. I did my very final thesis for my class to graduate about all the things that African people did all the way back to Timbuktu and Kush and Kemet and show these folks that I know who I am. I know who I descend from. I know the legacy that people have attempted to erase and displace, and I know that when we say Greg Cap meeting did in the promised land this year, then we promised land right here in the sea on Jacksonville, North Kakalaki, to Jacksonville, Florida. But on a chillin' ain't got shum. Let's you walk together chillin'. Don't you get weary. Great Cap to meet in the promised land. So this legacy now of rebellion and resistance has to revert back to a time prior to 1740 when people became afraid because their lives to write and to read. We have to go back to helping each other know how to read and to write effectively, know how to comprehend what you're reading and writing, have the power of discernment that only the Spirit of God can give on the children. Please get in the bush of our learning who want to be. That's where the fight came from because our spirits would unite and give us the power and energy for going on one more day and thing like that. That's still what we the or take it, take it with some sucker council elders. Take it, take it, all them with the one. Or we <laughs> representative and thing like that. Throughout the Gullah Gitch Nation, we're not free to we fool to all the all. We know who we to be. And the mouth of Dabada lead we. Need to walk with them. Who ain't first know who we be? But now, people are bragging on institutions that blocked out Gullah Geechis because they were black from ever attending the institution not that long ago during that same civil rights movement. That's what the blood was spilled over. Sit-ins, these stand-ins, these arrests, dogs and hoses being turned on elders who are now many ancestors that fought back, resisted the fact that you're going to take my money but then tell me I can't come inside sit down to eat. Well, they also want to sit down in the classroom with the books to know what else you're studying in there. Why can't I hear the same thing that you're being taught? And, hey, wait a minute. Once we get in here, we realize they're not teaching us about ourselves, but they want to assimilate us into being melanated, buck or full. We had the mission schools tried to beat it out of us. As I said, they came in the church, pulled the people out, tried to beat it out of you. I say, beat your drum. Beat your drum. Get back your collective consciousness. Resist being assimilated. When I have a cracky teeth out of us, we left when I walk cracker like that. Of course, I make them so that when I chill like a robin, robin, you mouth thing like that. And come on like this, yeah. When I chill and hold on. Come on for the next thing like that. But yeah, no funny thing. Stop interpreting for other people. As we wrote in the Constitution, 
So the Gullah Geisha Nation. Gullah is a code of the spirit. The spirits that are supposed to overstand it, they do. When the spirits connect with it, they uplift you, fire you. They take you on the next journey. They help you to get through, just as Gullah Jack would do. Just as the Gullah Geechee foremothers, who I said resisted, protected the children. And make a loud get soul off and thing like that and broke up and whooped out. As we still do. And I'm saying, I did this show tonight. Not because it's Black History Month. But because it's true. The Gullah Geechee legacy is one of resistance and rebellion. From 1739 until this moment. That's what we continue to do. So when we say, we be Gullah Geechee anointed people, and when I say, we be free, it is because I honor my ancestors, I honor my elders, and I honor this legacy of resistance and rebellion. I'm Queen Quet, chiefess, head upon the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation founder of the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition. And if you stand with me, I encourage you, go to GullahGeecheeLand.com and join us on this resistance and rebellion journey. Let us come out the wilderness together, not only leaning upon the Lord, but standing strong together, united, yet beating the drum, still fighting for liberty, and to truly be free. Join the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition that sponsors this broadcast. You can go to Gullah GullahGeechee.net, and GullahGeecheeLand.com. Gullah is G-U-L-L-A-H. Geechee is G-E-E-C-H-E-E. Ain't no I in Geechee if it is we, because we are still stand together, and we have unity. So, it could take all of we for continue this year legacy, not just in February, but every day. No, this year, the Gullah Geechee way. So who upon who gonna be? This year, one and beyond. Beat the drum loudly. The honor ancestors black gold. Gullah Geechee Chilla. All around the world, wherever one to be. Remember, and remember this resistance and rebellion, the part of who we be. Oh, shout in that bush arbor, in that brush arbor. Oh, come on and find me. That way I could be. I the queen quit. Head pandisha Gullah nation body. Oh, may I be in your books as the one who in the freedom fighter. Leave it more. Additional resistance and rebellion legacy. God bless Hona Chillin, wherever Hona be. Thank you, thank you. Tune in to We Show Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio. <laughs>